Hello there. I'm Rowan Williams. I'm Baz McAllister. And welcome to Force Material, where we have just witnessed the Book of Boba Fett finale. Baz, how are you feeling? I feel like I might have COVID. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's tempered my reaction. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> still I'm still on a bit of a high. That uh, ending on that money shot, the, the thing we all wanted to see <laughs> since... Since we saw the hogged out droid slot, yeah, three episodes ago, yeah, yeah. that was that was a great way to end it. Yeah, hundred percent. We have a lot to talk about before that. <laughs> I, this was a a pretty good finale, I think it's fair to say. I mean, look, the main thing for me, we saw Boba ride the Rancor. That's that's what that's what we came for. That's what we got. Mission accomplished. You know what more? What more do you want? Yeah, and you know it. It, it seems like. Um, he does indeed have natural talent for it. Mm. You know, he, he has ridden beasts that size or 20 times that size before or whatever. So he's putting those skills to work. Yeah, he wasn't lying. Yep. It was uh, just a straight up Star Wars kaiju movie. It was <laughs> wild. And and they, they got me, I got to say. Like, it was one of those things I'm going I'm going into the episode and, uh, you know, I watched it with Belle and she goes, like, any, any predictions? And I said, well, Boba's definitely going to ride a Rancor. And then, uh, you know, as the episode's unfolding, I totally forgot about the Rancor. And even when Boba was like, I'm going to go get reinforcements, my idiot brain is sitting there thinking like, which characters haven't we seen yet? That <laughs> Boba knows that he could, I'm like, well, is he going to recruit other bounty hunters? How's he going to do that in a short period of time? And then you hear the, you know, the, the Rancor approaching. It's like, oh, of course, idiot. I thought he was going to come back with a severely wounded and very angry Max Rebo. Um, (laughs) no i i think i twigged the rancor but um a little bit disappointed not to see danny trejo like running along behind or something that would Mm. um and very in keeping with rodriguez but yeah you know when when you see that it's going to be directed by robert rodriguez we got exactly what you'd expect really We, we got like a supercharged version of that fight in mando season two episode six or whatever it was the fight in the rock field with the stormtroopers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. amazing this was you know a whole episode of that really yeah well this was this was the first of the three episodes that rodriguez directed this season so the other episodes rodriguez directed were the pilot which like i thought was fine didn't sort of knock my socks off um and episode three which is sort of the only episode that i kind of actively disliked out of the out of the whole season well, that's not fair, but I, it wasn't. It wasn't my favorite. <laughs> put it that way. It, this was definitely the best one of the of the ones that he directed this season, I think. And part of it is it was the first one that kind of captured that energy that he captured in the Mando season two episode that he directed, where Boba was mm. just wrecking stormtroopers left and right. Like this was the only episode where he brought that same intensity and kind of got that same. You know, like, oh, man, this is Star Wars with, like, the action turned way, way up. The the Rancor delivered, throwing land speeders around, you know, (laughs) eating fools. It was amazing. King Kong and up a tower. King Kong and up a tower. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What more do you want? It was was so good. And you can see, you know, the effects budget for this episode must have been at least triple any other one, really. Oh, yeah, it feels like a huge percentage of the effects budget went mm. to this one episode. Yeah. Cad Bane looked so good again. Just the, the way he 
the way he walks, the way he moves, you know, he's got that kind of just very threatening. He's actually scary. Yeah. He's one of the first things in Star Wars for a long time that I find a bit scary. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed both of their showdowns. I was, I was a little bit confused. And we, I mean, we'll, we'll get into some, I suppose, some character stuff that I'm a little iffy about, about this episode and this season later, maybe. But I was a bit confused by like, like what the point was of him being like, you know, see, I told you you're a killer. It's like, was that ever, was that ever in dispute? Like, I, you know, I feel like the show is confused about the degree to which Boba Fett is softening over, over this season, if that makes sense. Mm, it does make sense. Yeah. Um, it, it seems to be, you know, we will jump back and forward through the episode here, but, but uh, it seems that Boba, you know, we, we've talked before about how he doesn't really do much planning. He lets Fennec do all the planning for him and, and basically tell him how to run an operation. And in one of the early scenes in this episode, he's kind of a pushover on, on two things that he sort of said were non-negotiable, you know, like mm. he, He's, he's sort of like, oh, we'll go back to the fortress. We'll make our stand there, and then yeah. um, Drash talks him out of it pretty easily, and he just goes, "No, nah, okay, fine." You know, he, he just basically goes along with whatever anyone else tells him. Which I guess, you know, a good leader. What's that old phrase? You got two ears and one mouth, so you should listen twice as much as you shout. That sounds like a thing, yeah. You know, yeah, like he's doing that. He's taking the word of his team, but well, you know, you're stronger with a tribe or whatever the thing was that he said in. In that earlier yeah. episode, and, and that definitely came through, right? Yeah, but then, but then he gets everything he wants. He gets everything he set out to do at the end of the episode, and he, he's got the the townspeople thanking him and you know nodding and bowing to him, and he and he's like, "This doesn't suit us." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you've spent seven episodes, mate, trying to get no. to this with with absolutely no skill or no knowledge of how to do it. Phoenix helped you all along the way, and then you have the audacity to turn to her and go, "This doesn't suit us." I did think at that point I was like, "Man, we could have told you that in episode <laughs> one." We've been saying, she, "Yeah, she she should have said, look, Boba, you know, I've 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 led you through this all the way. You you were unionizing. You were saying, let's not <laughs> let the bosses take no risk and get all the reward. Blah blah blah." <laughs> she should really talk about that kind of attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just have no sense of what Boba, I thought I knew what Boba wanted, you know, like yeah. I, I, I liked in episode four, the flashback with him and Fennec and, you know, them sort of bonding before they uh, attack uh, Jabba's fortress and, and claim the the fire spray. And they're sort of saying, well, everything you just laid out about, like, why should we keep following these idiots? Like we're smarter than them. We, we can run things ourselves or whatever. My sense from that episode wasn't like, Oh, and also what they're asking us to do is morally wrong. It was more like we could do it better. Like we would be better crime lords than them. Yeah. I don't, it feels a little out of left field to me. And maybe, you know, if I ever sit down and watch the series again, I'll see that actually it was there all along. It felt a little bit out of left field to me that Boba is now wanting to be just like a completely apparently legitimate businessman or whatever the heck he's playing mm. at. Like the way that, you know, the Cad Bane again saying to him, like, you know, like you tried to go straight. And it's like, did he? Is that <laughs> is that what he's been doing? <laughs> like, I thought he was trying to be a crime lord. Like all the, you know, mm. uh, the the stuff about like, oh, like even in this episode, they, they sort of had a discussion that I think we had on last week's pod or the week before when Boba's like, you know, we're going we're gonna to get the spice out of here. And Fennec's like, are we? Like that's <laughs> that's our business. Like we Jabba made money that way. Like that's the business we took over. Like 
and and Boba's kind of like, nah, it's bad. It's bad for our people. You know, it's killing our people. And she's like, all right, fair enough. I'm now a staunch anti-drug activist. That that was like, where did that come from? So that was sort of a bit like, I loved all the action that was on screen in this episode, but I also wasn't <laughs> sure what was motivating a lot of it. Like, I was like, what are, yeah. what are they actually fighting for here? Why are they suddenly so opposed to Spice? Fennec does a, a sweet Godfather reference there, doesn't she? When she says... There's a lot of credits in that orange powder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot yeah, of money in that white powder. Exactly. That's what, And that's what we talked about in the previous episode was like, oh, it's similar to the Godfather and that the Godfather doesn't want to get into drugs and everybody mm. in his gang is, is pushing him to do it. But yeah, I don't know. I was distracted for a lot of this episode by just wondering about the fate of Cobb Vanth. Mm. And I was absolutely angry, just dismayed to find out that he was gunned down in cold blood as... As you know, the weak way bartender said, mm-hmm. um, you know, assuming that he was dead, as I think, yeah. you know, you, you you're probably meant to. There's no as two he, ways as he meant that. to, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you can't just kill Cobb Vanth like casually like that, almost off screen, because you know he was, he looked like he was still alive when he went down. Um, and then, and so I honestly spent most of the episode being unreasonably angry about that and not focusing on what was going on on screen. <laughs> And then the bait and switch was pulled at the end and Cobb Vance back. Yeah. And he's Mod Vance, um, <laughs> which is going to be even cooler. But, uh, you know, also the, I care about what happened to Max Rebo. Is Max Rebo alive or dead? Well, he, I don't know, because I think like we talked about this last week and we, we'd sort of just come off watching the episode like we, like we have tonight. I don't mm. think Max Rebo was actually in the yeah. when that explosion went off. But I think that you said, might be right. I mean, I think, you know, like Jennifer Beals, like I think at yeah. the end of the end of that episode, we were kind of like, oh, maybe some people survived or whatever. But yeah, no, this one, like that place was desolate when Boba got there. It didn't look yeah. like there were any survivors. That's right. And and also, um, we we never saw the bodies of the Tuscan warrior and the Tuscan kid. And, you know, I, I was really hoping to find out what happened to them this episode and mm. maybe even see them. And yeah, nothing on that front. So I was kind of just worried about the fates of, you know, Boba's Tuscan family, who we didn't see die, and mm. and Rebo and Cobb Vanth. <laughs> like, yeah, were those guys? Honestly, anyone who was on actually on screen, I wouldn't really have cared if they bit the big one. <laughs> um, but I was worried about Cobb. I think he's that's one not true. Characters. As if you, as if you would no. be sad if if Grogu or Mando. Oh well, the, yeah. Okay, Benic. those are the two the two other exceptions. I, I, I the the Cobb Van thing is funny because yeah, I was um when I got to the end of last week's episode on my first watch, I was like, oh, Cobb Van, like he's he's dead. That sucks. Pull one out for Cobb Van. And then it was only when we did the podcast episode that you were like, he's not dead. Like he got shot in the shoulder. There were there were people talking about you know like yeah getting stems and stuff yeah 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 in the background like he'll be fine and so i've come into this episode thinking like oh i guess i misread that moment and Cobb vanth is going to stride into town at some point and then they're like no yeah he's he's dead he's like legit dead and i guess there was so much going on that i'm like all right i I accept that that's that that happened but of course nobody in star wars you know no one's ever really gone nobody ever really dies (laughs) and Cobb Vanth is, you know, uh, it's it's so funny that like Luke said that, and it was more in a spiritual sort of sense. But it's like, but it's also just true, literally. Like nobody in Star Wars dies. Like everybody's, <laughs> you know, come back from the dead somehow, even no matter how relatively minor they are. 
but yeah, Timothy Timothy Oliphant, they, they, they've clearly still got plans for him in the future. You think in Rangers of the New Republic or something? Yeah, love that. I would love that if he was the sheriff of Tatooine slash marshal of the sector or whatever. Mm. Yeah, it'd be great. I'd love to see that. I know we're jumping all over the place here. How did you feel yep. about the Cobb Vanth revival as the stinger as opposed to, I don't mm. know, a, a Kenobi trailer or, or something maybe a little more major? Well, I, I think it's absolutely fine because um, it shows that he's important mm. enough to, to the point where, you know, at the end of Mando season two, we get the Boba Fett reveal, which leads into mm-hmm. the book of Boba Fett show. Um, I kind of get the feeling that Cobb Vanth might be being set up for that sort of fate, mm-hmm. you know, to to be thrown into the lead of his own show or or to an ensemble cast of New Republic marshals or something like that. But it remains to be seen. It just shows that, you know, Cobb Vanth was important enough for them to show us that, yes, he's okay. And, you know, yes, he's going to get modded up and he's going to be all right. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I, give me more of that. It's it's great, and in fact, you know, it would it would be great if there was a Boba Fett season two or three or whatever when it's shown that maybe Cobb isn't sort of fully on board with the way Boba's trying to run the town, mm-hmm. like a bit of a mm-hmm. de- Deadwood vibe, so like Bullock versus Swear Engine kind of thing. Yeah, that'd you know? be interesting. I hadn't thought yeah. of that, but that yeah, they could just be setting him up to be a supporting character in a future Boba Fett season. Yeah, that or would yeah, be cool. an, an antagonist of sorts to to Boba. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see about that, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm just glad he's he's alive. <laughs> I unreasonably love Cobb Vanth. <laughs> yeah, I like Cobb Vanth. I'm glad he's around, whether it's his own show <laughs> or whatever happens. Something that this this show has copped a bit of criticism for online in the past week has been there's been a lot of people going like, "Oh, is Star Wars just cameos now? Is that all? Is that all it is? Is it just?" Here's this thing you remember. Here's that thing you remember, and it's just sort of brought about because of the the Luke and I suppose Ahsoka um, cameo, or well, not cameos, but appearances mm. in the last episode. Interesting that there were no cameos to speak of that I can think of in this episode. In that sense, yeah, it is like these are all characters who already existed in the world of the show, as opposed to bringing in a last second surprise character. Mm-hmm. I, I did fully expect Kira to pop up. Mm. Um. But you know she could get involved in a in a season two if there was to be one easily. Yeah, I was surprised that the Pikes were just the Pikes. That there mm-hmm. was no one behind. There was no guy behind the guy. But I, we talked about the fact that you know maybe maybe Cad Bane was killed working. The Tuscans. Yeah, killed the Tuscans exactly. Because mm. I think we've sort yep. of said from day dot that the the Pikes killed the Tuscans, and then it was kind of a question of like. Did they just do it with their like pike troopers or whatever they you know, or did they like hire someone to do it? And that's where we got into like, well, maybe they hired Cad Bane. But yeah, no, it wasn't Cad Bane because he seemed to know nothing about it when they when they brought it up in this episode. Yeah, but it seemed like it was just the pikes acting of their on their own accord. You, you sort of feel a tiny bit of sympathy or empathy for Cad Bane at one point, don't you? Because he's he's just another hard gun being duped mm. by the the bosses that he thinks he's you know he's. Well, that he's chosen to work for, I suppose. Yeah, I, I thought Cad Bane's morality was kind of interesting in this, in that it's implied that it's maybe a little murkier than I thought it was in the sense that, like, yeah, I mean, he's going along with the Pikes, so, like, clearly he's not a good guy. 
but he doesn't seem to approve of them killing the Tuscans for whatever that's worth. Like he seems a little bit sort of taken aback by that. Um, yeah, he does. And there was obviously the thing last episode where he was like, you know, are you sure you want to throw your lot in with Boba Fett? You know, he's a murderer who worked for the Empire. And it's like, I mean, you're not like citizen of the year here or anything, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. He may be just a little bit hypocritical, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to go back over Cadbean's history, but I'm sure he's pulled jobs for worse people. Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. I, yeah I, again, like maybe maybe we need to do like a Cad Bane episode or something where we really dig into yeah. dig into him. But yeah, I just uh, I was uh, yeah, as I said, and all the stuff with like you know, oh Boba Fett, you you think you're a good guy now and and so on. I'm like, yeah, I don't know how any of that really how any of that really works. But I, I did enjoy their showdowns, and I loved Boba using the gaffy stick to yeah. fight back and take out uh, Cad. That was that was pretty rad. Really cool, and uh, but you know, with the proviso that no one ever dies in Star Wars, do you think Cad's really gone? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, I mean, he'll, yeah. The cool thing about the cool thing about Cad is like, even if he's dead, they now have like another thirty years in the timeline to play with in terms of Cad Bane stories, because yeah. before we only knew that he survived up until the Bad Batch, and then we didn't know anything past that. But now we know that he survives all the way up until you know, the book of Boba Fett, like years after Return of the Jedi. So, yeah, there's a whole extra period of stories with yeah. Cad Bane in there now. It does raise the question of, like, why wasn't he part of, like, the War of the Bounty Hunters or whatever? So I guess we'll sort of see, like, a you know, where was Cad Bane while all this was sort of happening story at some point. But, yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he's an old man, as Boba pointedly mm. mentions to him. So you know, maybe he went into semi-retirement, and it was yeah. Maybe it's an unforgiven it situation. One last job, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he tried to go straight and start a pig farm. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it didn't quite work out for him. Yeah, I assume we're going to see more Cad Bane, right? One way or another, whether he survives yeah. or not, we're going to we're going to see more of this character. Well, it's interesting that when uh, his hat fell off, you could see his cybernetic plate in his head mm. that we mentioned last week as part of the, you know, the the. Um, duel that he would have had with Boba in Clone Wars Season 7 if those episodes had gone ahead. Um, he was going to end up with a, a cyber plate in his head. Well, because so, I think we, we saw that in... Um, I realised after we talked about this last week, we saw that in the Bad Batch as well. Oh, did we? Right, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that battle definitely happened at some point. But, mm-hmm. um, yep. as in we saw the plate, not the, not the battle with Boba. Yeah, the plate, um, that's right. So yeah, so the, the the battle with Boba definitely happens at some point. It would be cool if maybe that's like an animated special or something. Mm. Um, if they sort of fill in that gap somewhere, because at the moment it only exists as animatics, and it seems like you know, because there were other Clone Wars storylines that only existed as animatics as well, and then a lot of them found their way into the revived Clone Wars season seven a couple of years ago. But the mm-hmm. Boba versus Cad Bane shootout didn't, which has always made me think like, oh, maybe they have a plan to do something else with that at, at some point. Because, yeah, this episode as well, it def- it has definitely happened. Like, they definitely talked as though it had happened in, in the past. Mm. I uh, I think on that note, I think that, you know, we've talked about the structure of this series. And I, I think that no matter way, which way you look at it, the structure remains kind of a mess. It's been carried along by the fact that we've seen favorite characters dip in and out of the show. And, you know, we've been rewarded with these big kind of bit part appearances from major 
characters from Star Wars lore that you know have, have come in and weave themselves into this story, mm-hmm. and it's great, but it really messes with the pacing of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like we were just uh, in a Twitter conversation this morning with someone else about you know the the, the pacing of this and how it's it's messed with you know the the, the story of Boba Fett gaining momentum and, mm. and uh, you know just basically taking a lull for say Grogu's Jedi training which I guess didn't really need to be part like it was great to see it but it really didn't need to be part maybe of that episode and maybe didn't need to take so long so I think that a great way to do this is um, what The Expanse did with this last season and what Star Trek shows have been doing they've got these little things little short films called short treks Mm -hmm. which kind of unpack some character moments from the episodes of things that you wouldn't normally necessarily see played out in a, in a, you know, properly paced episode. Mm-hmm. And the expanse did the same kind of thing with season six. It's sort of, you know, with it being its final season, it used these little short films to put certain character things to bed mm-hmm. with, um, you know, like to basically showcase the ending or the resolution of a relationship between two minor characters who wouldn't normally, you know, have in the main scheme of things had that resolution. So it's, it's kind of a way to go forward. Maybe like, as you said, maybe we see the Boba and Cad duel as a animated special, but maybe it doesn't need to be any longer than seven or eight minutes. And mm. maybe we could, you know, we could do that as a little live action short and just kind of include it as almost bonus content. Like if you want to see that scene, watch this, mm. but you know, we're not, we're not going to mess with the journey of this show. Mm. I don't know. It's maybe I'm spitballing here, but I I just feel looking back at the series as a whole, it's it's very, you know, it's very Clone Warsy in terms of its structure. You know, it just jumps about wherever it wants to go. I I definitely I'm, I'm with you on the Clone Wars comparison, 100. percent Like I you know I, I I really do look at those first four episodes of this season as like, I think I said this last week. I see this season as Mandalorian season three in all but name. Mm. Um, and the Boba Fett arc as like a Clone Wars style, you know, four episode arc about a supporting character or whatever. And then, yeah. you know, Mando's back for this next arc. And now, but now we know a little bit more about Boba Fett. So he can sort of step up and take a larger role as well. But it really is a Mandalorian story again at this point, you know. I, I think it was interesting watching this episode after all of the discussions the last few weeks where people have said, you know, why are we spending so long with with Grogu and Luke and the previous episode with the Mandalorian. I think all the concerns about like, this is really messing with the pacing of Boba's story are a hundred percent valid. Um, I do think this episode probably redeemed the placement of those a little bit in the sense that like, at least these things all sort of played a role in the finale. Like at least Mando had a big role in the finale and at least Grogu had a big role in the finale, which I was not, you know, I thought maybe he would show up at some point, like we talked about last week, but I, I wasn't expecting yeah. him to be such a character in this finale. And the yeah. fact that Grogu has gone away and had a bit of extra training or had some of his previous training unlocked to however you want to look at it was a big part of this episode, I think. So yeah, from, from that perspective, I think, you kind of did need those previous episodes, like showing what Mando's been up to and what Grogu's been up to, whether we needed to spend so much time with them and so little time with Boba and Fennec. 
I'm not sold on because, yeah, it really did, especially because we hadn't spent much time with Boba and Fennec in the present anyway in the first four episodes. We didn't really have a great sense of, like, what they were doing and why they were doing it. And so then to come back into this episode, like, they, they shouldn't be having the discussion between themselves in the finale of this show about, like, why are we fighting the Pikes? Like, do, are, we, are we for or against the spice trade? Like, that should have been clarified well before this point. Um, yeah. In terms of, like, the structure of the season. And, you know, the, the really weird thing, I think the, the weirdest thing in terms of, like, structure is not even so much this season. It's the person in, like, two or three years who <laughs> who doesn't know to watch Mando Season 1, Mando Season 2, Book of Boba Fett Season 1, Mando Season 3. It's the person who just watches Mando Season 1, 2, and 3, <laughs> gets yeah. to the tearful goodbye at the end of Season 2. You know, it's such an emotional moment, like Din taking his helmet off and really connecting with another person for the first time and, you know, and, and saying goodbye to Grogu and that door slamming shut on Luke and Grogu and like, oh, man, end of an era. And then you just, it goes, presumably on Disney Plus, it'll just play straight through to, you know, Mando season three, episode one. And it's like, Mando and Grogu going on an adventure together. Like, you know, yeah, that sweet was- Sweet new ship. Yeah, sweet new ship. Yeah, it's like that was that was weird. That whole thing with that whole entire season two arc of trying to find uh, someone to offload you to. Anyway, nevertheless, we are off on another adventure. Like it's kind of like, if anything, it's more Mando season two that starts to feel like a little bit of an outlier now because it's like that mm. whole season was about finding the Jedi, and now that's kind of all been not undone because I think it's value. It's it it will end up being important that Grogu went and spent time with Luke and had those memories unlocked and blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, you, this is why I say this is Mando season three, not so much because, like, you have to watch Mando season one and two to enjoy this season of Boba Fett, although you do, mm. but because you need to watch this season of Boba Fett, I think, to appreciate, like, to, to sort of follow Mando season three, unless, you know, Mando pops back up again in some other show before we get to Mando season three, and Mando's like, actually, you know what? You do need to be with Luke. And then you can just skip all of it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Cassie and Andor, like, time travels forward. <laughs> <laughs> meets Mando during his moment of crisis. Oh, we need to send him back to Luke. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, just, it's interesting that there's actually things that affect the status quo of characters who these shows are ostensibly not about happening in these shows. Because mm. if you look at the Marvel shows, for instance... They've kind of done those in a way where, like, it feels like important things are happening, but they're not really. Like, so the one I always think of with regards to this is, like, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, where you watch that and you sort of, if as you're watching it, especially, like, you get to the finale, you know, Sam suits up as, as Cap. You're like, oh, man, people who just watch the movies would be so lost if they didn't watch this. This is a compulsory part of the MCU. You've got to see this. And then you kind of think, no, no, you don't, because at the end of Endgame, Cap's like, you're Cap now. And Sam's like, okay, the next time you see him in a movie, he'll be Cap. Like the whole the whole thing with him being like, I, don't, I actually don't want to be Cap or whatever. That was all in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So like if you skip that show, you just assume Steve gave him the shield and then he became Cap and he went on his way. Like the show felt important, but it... You yeah. know, in terms of the overall structure of the MCU, it wasn't really like, and I think the the Disney, the the Star Wars shows are sort of mixing that up a bit. Where yeah, you you actually do need to watch these shows to then sort of be able to follow the character arcs through the other things that they appear in after this. Yeah, you got to pay attention. Mm. All all you missed with Falcon and Winter Soldier was a little existential wobble. That's yeah. it. Yeah, exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. 
or even you know WandaVision. It feels important, and then you, like literally the first thing in the in the Doctor Strange you know trailer is you know she's like, yeah, things got pretty crazy, and he's like, hey, I'm not here to talk about Westview or whatever. You're like, oh, cool. We're yeah. just pretending that didn't happen. All right. So- <laughs> I'm not here to talk about the pikes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's funny though when Cad Bane was revealed last week, I was like, well, we have we have kind of a big bad because we've been lacking that. Mm. The Pike commander isn't much of a big bad, and the mayor isn't much of a big bad, and you know, Pike foot soldiers they travel by public transport. How mean can they be? <laughs> um, so does Mando, we, to be fair. Yeah, but like, we did yeah. get some big bads revealed here. Um, the the scorp the scorponok droids. I want to say uh, the the massive kind of droidica clones, which we haven't really talked about yet mm. properly. What do you think of those things? Oh, I loved them. That was great. Yeah. That was just pure. And and, and you know, it, it's funny. Like we we've spent so much time talking about cameos and whatever. When really the whole point of this episode is there were none, and it was just action, action, action. And yeah, you know, yeah, those those droids were, you know, they served their purpose perfectly. And seeing them go mm-hmm. head to head with the the rancor was super fun. Like, give me you know, give me another hour of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, they they did destroy a lot of stuff though. And <laughs> Boba called that at the start of the episode. To be fair, he's yeah. like, look, even if we win, there may not be a city left. And he was not kidding. <laughs> That's right. For someone who's so desperate to protect the people of Mos Espa. Apparently. You know, he, he had the option of taking it outside the city walls to a fortress. <laughs> and again, tactically, this is one of the other things I said that he was <laughs> talked out of relatively easily. <laughs> he just, he was like, no. <laughs> Look, tactically, maybe that was dumb. But narratively, if they'd done that, we would have spent the entire time just being like, when's the Rancor coming out of the basement? So at least yeah. this way, they kind of distracted us from the Rancor for a minute, or distracted me anyway, by, by uh, you know, taking the action into the into the city. Yeah. <laughs> and it was cool to see, you know, the team that he did, the makeshift sort of crew that he'd assembled with their backs against the wall. You know, I think in previous episodes, we sort of said it's kind of a joke that this is like, you know, Boba's taking on this entire galaxy-spanning criminal syndicate with, like, him and six guys or whatever. But it was sort of the perfect size in the end, right? Like, they were just big enough that it felt achievable that they could, you know, that they could take on this uh, these Pike soldiers, but small enough that they were a scrappy band of underdogs with their backs against the wall still. Yeah, yeah. It was great to see that Freetown land speeder roll in mm. and just, you know, that's the guys you want. They're, they're probably a bunch of, you know, um, they're basically the equivalent of middle America. So they're going to come like fully strapped <laughs> and ready for a fight. <laughs> Exercising their constitutional freedoms for sure. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, that it was fantastic. Um, just, just a really, really good fight. Seeing Boba and Mando fly around together and fight side by side. You know, they truly are the, the Butch and Sundance. I thought they were going to have a proper Butch and Sundance moment there when they were ready to, <laughs> getting ready to go out the door. And yeah. then they come in in the jetpacks. That's so good. I loved uh, I loved the scene with the negotiator as well. The, uh, whatever, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what's that character's name again? The um, the Major Domo. Yeah, the, uh, the negotiation scene was great. Although, I mean, you know, I think... I think everyone knew where that was going. Just yeah. read the thing before you before you go out there, man. <laughs> but there could be a future for him with Pelimoto, it looks like. Yeah. 
Maybe maybe he could be hanging around there and, and finding a bit of love with Pelimoto. You never know. It's possible. Yeah. Anything's possible. Yeah. Would he be in would he be a step up from a, a Jawa or <laughs> I, I kind of thought she was gonna go for a black Kersantan if she went for anybody. <laughs> it was cool to see Pelimoto yeah. again. Um you furry, know, obviously very furry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you know, we talked about Grogu being in there. Um, what did you think of Grogu showing up by himself in the X-Wing? That shows how much trust Luke places in R2-D2. That is a good way um, to look at it. Yeah, I think. Because, you know, R2 is more than capable of handling a mission like that, especially if he knows who he's delivering Grogu to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think he, you know, he must have found Peli through whatever means and realized she was the person who Mando has a connection to. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, that was, that was probably smart on R2's part. Yeah. Um, but, but when I saw the X-Wing, I thought, Oh, Luke's going to turn up for this final battle. Yeah. He's yeah. going to be standing shoulder to shoulder with Boba Fett. They're going to bury all the nonsense that they went through at the end of return of the, at the end of the Sarlacc pit battle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you cut my gun in half. Well, <laughs> your mate knocked me into the pit, you know, <laughs> I guess that's still something to look forward to in, you know, season two, if there's a season two, is like Boba yeah. sort of mending fences with uh, with Luke and co. Yeah, because, you know, it's it's only, it's a tiny step for, for him to say, Where, where's your little green friend been? Oh, he's off been, been off training with Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Oh, I, I used to, I knew Luke Skywalker, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, gotta, I, I, I was sort of like, oh, man, Luke, Luke, uh, this this feels almost like child endangerment, just sending him off by himself across the galaxy. But I I like your take on it that you know that he trusts he trusts R two D two to that extent because it was yeah. like to me like you wouldn't just sort of put a baby on an airplane and be like you'll be you'll be fine. But you got to give R two credit that he can he can look after him. Yeah, you wouldn't put the baby on the space bus, would you? No. But, but I think you can you can send kids to travel on airplanes by themselves, can't you? Like I'm how, pretty how sure that, we, Well, I was going to say, how young are we talking? But Grogu's fifty. I don't know how young. Yeah, I don't know how young, but but you, I think you can. Yeah. Well, anyway, Although, if you're a Jedi, yeah, private jet flown by the best droid in the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We should. Um, speaking of of Luke and Grogu or not, we should probably shout out uh, Graham Hamilton here because we didn't know who he mm. was or what he had to do with the show when we recorded last week's reaction pod after the last episode. So he provided the body of Luke Skywalker. And then I, you know, I guess they sort of mapped Mark Hamill's features onto him. Although like it would have been a little bit easier, presumably than, you know, the end of Mando season two, because Graham Hamilton already sort of bears a pretty strong resemblance to Mark Hamill, even before you start CGIing him up. Yeah. So anyway, he did. He obviously, you know, he did. We we were both big fans of Luke's appearance in that episode. So he obviously did a good job. I think we'll probably have to sort of wait until they do the Disney Gallery episode for this season of Boba Fett to really get into like how they did that. Because I don't know, there's a lot of sort of assumptions flying around about you know what technology was used and blah 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 blah. But like the truth is, we don't know for the most yeah. part. Like we're, we're sort of people are assuming things based on how they did the Luke appearance in season two of Mando. But it seems like you know, things were a bit different for this Luke appearance. Mm. It's um, it's interesting to to uh, see people talk about the voice and how the voice was done. Um, and people seem to be saying that the voice was fed into an AI that had been loaded with 
you know, all of Mark Hamill's Luke dialogue from the original trilogy and, and basically worked out how to say each line. Some stuff in the archives. That's right, yeah. And, and people are sort of saying, well, that's why he sounded a little bit off or a little bit sort of strange. And I'm like, well, I liked that. I, I, th- I thought he sounded off and strange because he's reaching this other plane of mm. Jedi knowledge. He's, he's kind of just a little bit, you know, aloof or removed from the, the physical world now because he's a, a Jedi master. And, well, you know, I, I kind of I clocked it that he was mm. talking a little sort of more regally than the look that we knew was. And, uh, yeah, and that, that was interesting. Yeah, I, it, it didn't bother me at all. Um, and Yeah, again, like that's obviously been a whole thing online this week. But, yeah, you know, uh, my reaction last week was my reaction. Like I thought it was great. I thought the voice was mm. great. Uh, as you say, the voice worked for me because I, I, I never had a sense when I was watching it of like, oh, that doesn't that doesn't sound natural because like go back and watch Return of the Jedi. Like that's how Luke talks at this point. Like in between Empire and Return, Luke sort of like matures a little bit. He takes on this kind of eerie calmness that you see throughout a lot of scenes in Return of the Jedi mm. um, that extends to his appearance in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. It didn't seem out of character or unnatural to me at all. Now the true test would be say they tried that same technology with Han Solo, you know? Mm. Well, actually that's a bad example because Harrison Ford was kind of checked out of return of the Jedi. So, you know, you, you probably could get the same level of emotion out of, <laughs> out of CGI Harrison Ford, but do you know what I mean? A character who wasn't meant to sound kind of like Zen. Yeah, Zen, exactly. Yeah. If you were to, you know, if you were to take, um, I don't know, literally anybody else, basically, and 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 run and, and do the same thing with them, would it sound weird and unnatural? And then that, you know, that would be interesting. But for Luke, for as far as I'm concerned, it it totally it totally worked. Yeah. Um, speaking of you know action figures, I, I want an action figure of everything that I saw in this episode. <laughs> I, I, I really do. It's every mod. Every Freetown fighter, every Gamorrean guard, every, you know, Wookiee gladiator. I just, mm. I just want, I want all that stuff and I want it now. <laughs> and I, I don't understand why, you know, when a Marvel film happens, they can have action figures ready to go when that thing premieres. And mm. then, you know, we are getting announcements during this for figures from season one, Book of Boba Fett, that aren't going to be available till, you know, for about a year probably or, for most of the rest of this year, I'd say. Like, just how hard is it? Be? It's the same company. It's Hasbro. How hard would it be just to get it ready to go? Yeah. They really seem to be dragging their feet. As someone who doesn't collect the toys, but obviously does religiously watch the shows, I'm kind of fine with it because it means I'm never going to have anything spoiled by the toys. <laughs> but, you <laughs> yeah. Know, but, yeah, from a yeah. collector's point of view, I can imagine it's extremely frustrating. Mm. And Well, that's true because there's so much nonsense around the collector market that there would be spoilers from the toys for sure yeah but i want i want a little i want a little mod uh, speeder bike gang you know bikes <laughs> <laughs> and everything i want i want a rancor with boba fett on it oh i definitely want that imagine scale, if they'd done you know? the uh they should have just held off on doing the um haslab Rancor until <laughs> yes. until after this had ahead, and they would have they would have made the target immediately. Yeah, it would. Have, I mean, they did a black series, like a six inch scale Rancor, and yeah, no one went for it. Do this, do this three point seven five inch with Boba Fett on it, mm. and uh, yeah, guarantee you it costs less money. 
but it would it would sell as many as the Razorcrest sold or more. Mm. Yeah. Also, seeing Grogu bond with it, calm it down at the end there, that was that was great. Um, you know, whether that's something he could have. I mean, I feel like he probably could have done that in a previous season. He always seemed to be able to do whatever he really needed. The plot needed him to do, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, yeah. But the training with Luke probably didn't hurt in his ability to connect with the uh, the Rancor there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we've seen someone do that before, someone calm a beast down, haven't we? In Star oh, Ezra Wars? does it all the time. In, Ezra say, does it, yeah, that's right. Time. Ezra definitely does it sometimes in Rebels. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. Ray does it with the um, the snake thing uh, that definitely mm-hmm. has a name that isn't just snake thing that I can't remember <laughs> in um, in Rise of Skywalker when she heals yeah. it, she sort of calms it down as she's she's healing it. That's right. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of great Grogu moments in this episode. It was it was a much you know Grogu heavier episode than I expected from any episode of the Book of Boba Fett. I didn't. Yeah, you know at the start of the series I didn't think we'd be seeing him at all. It just wasn't. It wasn't sort of on my radar as the thing that might be in this show. Um, and then for the last episodes to both be so Grogu heavy. But look, Grogu's the best thing these Disney Plus Star Wars shows have going for them. He's great. I mean, my partner who does not care about Star Wars will sit there and watch every second that Grogu's on screen and then just, you know, go back to not paying attention to the to the rest of the episode. I suspect she is not alone in this. Did you get the feels when Grogu and, and, Mando, and Mando reunited here? Yeah. Most emotional moment in the whole series, isn't it? Mm, mm. <laughs> so good. Um, I must admit that when, you know, there's a lot of speculation about the choice that Grogu was going to make. Is mm. he going to choose the chainmail? Is he going to choose the saber? Mm. And I've always been a strong advocate of both. Mm. So I was hoping that when he steps out at the end to face the right, he's going to whip the saber out. Chose <laughs> <laughs> both left anyway. <laughs> There's a flashback where we see him just pick both up and run away. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Oh, dear. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it after last week as well. We Obviously, that episode is framed as a, as a lone wolf and cub um, reference. The interesting thing about that is it, it doesn't sort of neatly map onto lone wolf and cub in terms of the, 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 the one the he chooses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, not, not even just the one he chooses, but the meaning of the, 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 the options mm. in the first place, because in Lone Wolf and Cub, he's choosing between, you know, and this would be quite dark for a Star Wars, uh, Disney plus TV show, but in Lone Wolf and Cub, he's choosing between going with his dad and traveling, you know, the assassins road or choosing the ball and the dad will, you know, essentially kill him and send him to be with his mother in the afterlife or whatever. Now, obviously there was no option where Luke was going to kill Grogu um, and, you know, send him to be with Yaddle in the afterlife. But the, (laughs) but what I think is interesting is that there's no, there's no option that sort of clearly maps onto like, ah, this is the assassin's road. Cause in a sense, they're both that like that. Neither of them is that. And both of them is that because, Mm -hmm. You know, obviously the sword is the saber, but it's like, but is it in that, like, it's it's not a one-for-one thing because, like, going with Mando, that's not like, you know, that's not, oh, back to retreating back to childhood and a life of innocence and whatever. I mean, it is to the extent that, like, he's bonded with Mando as, like, a, a Mando as a, as a father figure. But that is also the assassin's road in that you're going with, you know, this Mandalorian who has killed a lot of people and will probably continue to kill a lot of people. 
um, on whatever he's doing, whether it's bounty hunting or reclaiming, you know, Mandalore or whatever it is that he does, <laughs> it's going to be a dangerous journey. You know, like we always talked about Mando and Grogu as being the lone wolf and cub relationship. Like he literally goes around in the little thing that's like the, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the basket in lone wolf and cub. So that is kind of the assassin. So he kind of did make the same choice, whereas the life with Luke presumably would have been a lot more sort of peaceful and, you know, just training and getting sort of theoretically good at being a Jedi. And maybe one day he would have to go out and, you know, do Jedi stuff and be a peacekeeper or whatever. But who knows at this point? Like, who knows what Luke intends for his Jedi school at this point in the timeline? Yeah. Yeah, at least this solves the problem of did Grogu survive the Jedi school massacre? Yeah, it's like because matter. he wasn't even there. there. <laughs> <laughs> Just a He's, huge, huge misdirect. I mean, at that point, I reckon uh, Grogu is the ruler of Mandalore and wielder of the dark saber. Yeah, um, as well as being a Jedi, which is you know. Well, that's the thing, right? Luke's like, you can have the lightsaber, you know. Yeah. Grogu's like, I can have that if I go with Din as well. Like he'll just he, yeah. he'll just give me his dark saber probably at some point. <laughs> yeah. you know? I'll inherit it from Dad. Whatever, it's fine. Or, or I'll kill him and take it from him. <laughs> Perhaps yeah, I, I mean- killed the Mandalorian and took it from him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't know what, what Grogu's thinking. You know, who knows? It could yeah, be <laughs> he does like eating stuff. He does he likes eating dung worms, frogs. You know, he could <laughs> he could eat a Mandalorian easily. You just have to crack the shell. <laughs> but yeah, oh, and obviously that that last that last shot. Um, yeah. So cute, so perfect of the the N1 starfighter zooming away and uh a little shot of Grogu just living his best life. <laughs> oh, the one thing the one thing that kind of makes me sad about that is that they can't cuddle when they're in flight. <laughs> I just I need them to put a little hole in between those two pods so that Grogu can crawl through for a cuddle when he wants a cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> it's just just wrong. It's wrong. Especially on like a long flight or whatever, you know, yeah. Yeah. What uh what did you think of obviously the that was the last shot of the episode was great with with uh, Mando and and Grogu. But what did you think of the sort of climax of Boba's story with you know, the sort of 80s sitcom style like, Yeah. Fade out. Standing in the captain's chair laughing. Yeah, they may as well have like jumped up into the air and, you know, with their fists in the air and done a little freeze frame or something while they were while they were sitting around uh eating melons or whatever. What did you think of all that? Oh, like fair enough, you know, it needs it needed to be light, I suppose, after mm. all the the craziness. Mm. And uh yeah, uh, you know, it it say it, it seemed to suit the tone quite well. Mm. Um did I just want to say, did we, did, did the lyrics to the Boba Fett theme tune, were they always Boba Fett or have I just noticed that now in this episode? What? Well, over the, over the end credits of this one, <laughs> yeah. it seemed like that there, there was someone saying, Boba, 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 Fett, Boba, 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 Fett. <laughs> I've never have noticed to this. I'm gonna well, have to- <laughs> I, I only noticed it this time, so maybe it's only in now, but. I'm, I'm going to have to go back uh, and listen. check it out. I don't think I'm going mad. I is, honestly, is, is, this, someone... is this COVID madness, Baz? Are you in the Maybe. grip of COVID <laughs> fever? It's one of the symptoms. You hear the words Boba Fett being repeated <laughs> over music. <laughs> I swear to you. It, it, and, and I couldn't, I couldn't work out whether I was going mad or whether it was serious or whether it was meant to be funny or whatever, but it, it was a bit weird. 
<laughs> it's definitely there, though. I'm going to go back and watch it now. I'm going to gaslight you. I'm going sure to go and listen to it and be like, it's not there, Baz. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but I, I don't think it was there before. I, not as prominently. Yeah. I think it's changed. Anyway. We'll find out. Okay, I'll go over listen after this. Yeah. What did you um? What do you think of Black Crescenton in this episode? By the way, um, he's a tank, isn't he? Yeah, he really soaked up a lot of blaster fire, and you know he's limping. And I love that little sort of um, uh, cheeky. Why don't you go and have a back to tank soak? <laughs> oh, it's busy. It's busy because you assume that's Crescenton in the back to tank. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. uh, it's Cobb Vanth. Yeah. That's right, because you you think he's getting mobbed by Trandoshans, mm. and that's him out of the fight. But yeah, mm. it's nice to see him come back. I mean, probably not the most sensible idea to stick a Wookiee who hates Trandoshans on duty <laughs> watching the Trandoshan quarter. Um, they really put a lot of trust in him, right? To like not did, just yeah, start to- killing them all immediately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a big uh, that was a big moment. I think. There's going to have to be reckoning with those guys because they, they broke Boba Fett's trust. So he's going to have to meet out some justice onto those minor families. Well, um, we keep sort of talking about, you know, this will have to happen and that's that'll have to happen and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Do you think there'll be a season two of this? It's, it's difficult to work out. I, I, I think there's only a season two of this if Kira gets involved and decides to come and sort it all out. Hmm. But then, you know, it's still Boba Fett defending his territory, isn't it? So the storyline hasn't moved on. But then, you know, you may as well say the storyline of Deadwood hasn't moved on because it's still the same. You know, it's Al Swearengin doing dodgy deals and Bullock trying to be moral in the middle of a sewer. Mm. You know, that, that's Deadwood. So maybe maybe this is destined to be, you know, the the Deadwood of Star Wars. Yeah, maybe. I don't. Yeah, I don't think we necessarily need like Kira or an outsider or whatever, but I don't know. Maybe we do. I mean, I think they need something. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I like personally just didn't find Boba and Fennec's story that compelling. Like I like them enough as characters. I like them in mm-hmm. the, the flashback episode where they got the fire spray back. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't sort of. I didn't sort of get to the end of the season and be like, can't wait for them to kind of defend Mon Esper and like to to see Mos Esper and to see this sort of uh, you know play out in in season two. Like I was kind of like. I don't know. I kind of felt like if we don't see these characters for a while, that's fine with me. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll take all the Star Wars live action TV I can get at this point. Mm. I'd be more than happy just to watch one show a week, you know, one episode a week of whatever's running and just Mm. give me, you know, 52 episodes of a a Star Wars show per year, Mm. whether it's Bad Batch, Andor, Kenobi, Acolyte, whatever it is, just keep them running and, you know, run them back to back and I'll watch them. Mm. It's what a time to be alive. But, uh, <laughs> but I didn't, you know, I really enjoyed uh, Tem's performance as Boba. I really enjoyed Mingna's performance as, as Fennec. Mm. I, I, you know, I, th- I thought they were really, really great. And, you know, as much as I say, I wouldn't really have cared if we lost either of them. You know, it would have been significant death and obviously, a, you know, a, a poignant one. But, mm. you know, it would be nice to think that Star Wars can kill people and not have to bring them back. But just just kill the right people, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kill the people whose story has come to an end, and like, a, has Boba Fett's story kind of come to an end? He's decided to reinvent himself as a crime boss, and then he's come to the realization he doesn't really want that. Well, does he want anything else, or 
is his story just kind of at an end now? Has he realized that that's kind of it? Is he going to ride off into the desert, rejoin his Tuscan family, search them out? You know, that kind of, yeah. It's just there are other things he could do in, in a season two. And I'd like to see, you know, what he can what he can come up with. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I guess that would be the appeal, the draw of season two was like, would it, you know, what what's happened in terms of like, how is he running things? Like, what does he even want? Um, I don't know if he knows, you know, it was like, yeah, is he, is he a legitimate political figure now? Is he, is he a crime lord? Is he like, has he, you know, eliminated the spice trade? You know what I would like to see Boba do actually? Here we go. Here's, here's season two or whatever of the book of Boba Fett. Probably the biggest just dangling, unresolved, that was a weird thing to bring up if you never planned on doing anything with it, plot thread or whatever in Star Wars to me, is when Anakin is like, I'm going to come back and free all the slaves on Tatooine. And even, you know, Qui-Gon is like, I didn't come here to free slaves. Normally if a character says that in a movie and they are a good person, by the end of the movie, they have freed some slaves. <laughs> yes. but, but Qui-Gon really didn't go there to free slaves. And the only one he freed was really for his own sort of self-interest or the Jedi self Yeah. So. <laughs> and, he, and he endangered that child. And he cheated in the game of chance. <laughs> and uh, used the force for, for, you know, yeah, anyway. Yeah, 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 so on and so forth. Here we've got this guy, Boba Fett. You know the the son of a the uh, genetic template of a slave army. You know former uh, owner, well, still owner, but of the ship formerly known as Slave One. Um, you know his whole motivation at this point is like, I'm sick of people telling me what to do. I'm going to do my own thing. What if Boba frees this? Like, what if that's his from now? Like, that's what he wants to do from now on. Is like he wants to that's free great. the slaves in Tatooine. I would love to see that. That's perfect. Yeah, it makes so much sense. Well, maybe the next thing he needs to knock out is the slave trade. So, yeah. you know, spice trade, slave trade. He's going to kill off everything until all Tatooine has left is tourism. <laughs> um. <laughs> he's, he's sort of the Giuliani of, uh, of Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Let's let's hope his journey doesn't sort of end in the same way as, as Giuliani's does when he, <laughs> you know, calls a press conference at a Tatooine garden center. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that could be Boba season two. I don't know. There's, there's stuff for him to do, I guess, is what I'm, is what I'm saying. But yeah, I, I don't even like, why does he even feel an attachment to these people? I don't really know. Like I understood why he feel, felt attached to the Raiders, to the Tuscans. How did mm-hmm. that then transfer onto the other, like this episode where he's kind of like, these are my people. I'm like, this is really the first time in this series that I've gotten the sense that you feel that way about these people, you know, mm. like yeah. before this, I was like, you wanted to sort of like be the big man in town and whatever. I didn't really get a sense that you were that fussed about. I mean, obviously, you know, he sticks up for the, the people's right to have affordable <laughs> water in episode yeah. three. That's something. Um, but yeah, I I, I, I kind of don't know where this whole sort of Boba Fett man of the people thing came from. Yeah. But if they're going to go that way, I'd like to see it extended into sort of revisiting some of those ideas from the Phantom Menace. Champion of the little guy. Yeah. Yeah. that That's his path. That has to be his path from now on. 
either that or just you know completely reinvents himself again yeah and 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 opens a garden center on Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows and and Fennec somehow knows about running garden centers of course and she's there to advise him <laughs> yeah she's actually running the show yet again <laughs> I think I think it would be kind of funny if they did just go off in a complete like just a completely different business for them in season two. They just go back to bounty hunting, or they start their own bounty hunting agency, or something in in season two. That would be good. <laughs> I mean, I suppose I suppose there's there's possibilities. I just I, there's no. I didn't get to the end of this season and kind of go like, oh yeah, there's like a there's a, some strong narrative threads that need to sort of continue through to the next season. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it w- it would be cool as all Star Wars TV would be cool, but yeah, you could take it or leave it, couldn't you? Mm. I do want to. I do want to know more about the geography of Tatooine, though. Mm. I want to know how long it takes to get from Moss Espa to Moss Eisley by swoop. Um, <laughs> I want to know how long it takes to get back to Jawa's Palace and get a Rancor ready to go get it up in the lift or whatever <laughs> out into the desert waste, get a saddle on it, and get back to town. Well, you could, you know, you could just time this episode, I guess, if you, uh, <laughs> if you really want to. Yeah, I just I always had the feeling Jabba's palace was quite some way outside town. Yeah, and for a rancor to leg it, and you know, all those walks that Boba and his party did, <laughs> like that's probably why those Gamorians were so skinny. Yeah, it's just walking constantly in the desert heat. <laughs> yeah, they're getting their steps up for sure. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, we'll be we'll be back in at between seasons to talk about stuff things yeah I, I would imagine the super bowl this weekend or next whenever that is probably a trailer for whatever the next star wars thing is but mm, yeah who knows people have you know uh, been wrong about this stuff before so we'll see uh well until then hit us up on social media i guess let us know what you thought of this episode and this season as a whole now that it's done and dusted we are at Force Material on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, those places. Baz, how, how do you sort of rate this as a, you know, if you, if you had to rank Mando Season 1, Mando Season 2, Book of Boba Fett Season 1, how does your ranking go? Probably, I would say Mando Season 2, Mando Season 1, Book of Boba Fett in third place. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same for me. I mean, I, I, I would suspect that's probably the case for a lot of people. Um, mm. All right. Well, Baz, get well soon. Uh, Thank you. And uh, I'm going to go and listen to the Book of Boba Fett uh, <laughs> end theme to see if I can hear the uh, people chanting Boba Fett in there. I'm going to go and have a soak in the back to tank full of AstraZeneca. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, get into that back to tank and we will see you next time. I'm Rowan Williams. I'm Baz McAllister. And you've just taken your first step into a larger world. Max Rebo lives. <laughs>